The recovery plays pull back in recent days as Lockheed Martin, a buy, and COVID-19 numbers continue to rise. This is the Running With The Money podcast. Let's get into it. The markets are higher today. Dow Jones up roughly four points, just about even. NASDAQ up 100 points and the S&P 500 up six points. All the while, the VIX continues to drop and it is now at 21.22. Wow, the VIX is falling through the floor. If it breaks down through 20, that could be a major indicator of the markets returning to normalcy which would be great, but until I see that break below 20, I am not as confident um, when it comes to volatility. Now, shifting in to the headlines of the day, of course, we have COVID-19, we have the recovery plays polling back today, and really since Wednesday, and then we have, of course, a big name to talk about today, and that is Lockheed Martin, which we just dropped a breakdown on. If you want to go check that breakdown out, go to runningwiththemoney.com. So digging into the news today, we have to talk about COVID-19. The numbers continue to rise. Total cases now up to 12.89 million in the United States. Total deaths topping 263,000. And as I say, every single episode we go over COVID numbers, My prayers go out to these families that are affected by COVID-19. And, well, you know, at the end of the day, this is a terrible thing, but we cannot allow it to stop America in its tracks. We have to work through it, and I believe this country will get through it. Now, shifting in to how this is affecting the market, and it seems it's affecting these reopening plays. As numbers continue to spike, we are seeing these reopening plays such as SPG, GE, Ford, GM, uh, Capri Holdings, Boeing, a little bit of Lockheed Martin, Disney, and a lot of these other reopening plays um, get hit in the past few days. And that is because partially of COVID-19 cases rising, but really it's because these names got so overextended in the short term, not the long term, in the short term. Because I firmly believe that you can buy some of these recovery plays here and still have plenty of room left to make money. For instance, I think you can buy Simon Property Brothers long term. It's down $1.57 the day. Over the past few days, it's been dropping um, off its high of 88 bucks. I think you can pick up some Simon Property Brothers here. Start nibbling on it. Same goes for GE. I think you can pick some GE up here since it's been pulling back of late. It's pulled back a few percent off its top. I do like it. I also think you can pull up, pick up some Ford, some GM, some Capri Holdings. Um, I think those are all great. I think you can pick up some Boeing. That's pulled back a little off its high. And I think you can pull, uh, pick up some Lockheed Martin, of course, and some Disney. And a lot of these reopening names. Um, and some other names will t- you know, top my mind throughout the show. And we're going to go over some e-commerce plays at the end and some retail plays that I think you want to own through the holidays. But digging into a name that I believe is going to do well within the next few years, the next year mid and long term and that is Lockheed Martin and I've gone through this stock and I've gone through the company um, twice now and every time I go through it this it just impresses me Lockheed Martin is an impressive company and they continue to show growth um, on a consistent basis and we're going to dig into that today so it's 52 week high is 442 bucks a share it's 52 week low is 266 and it trades just about 380 bucks a share right now so you know it's quite far off its highs 
It's, of course, a defense contractor, as we all know, into the aerospace um, industry. They manufacture some of the craziest uh, um, military equipment out there. For instance, the uh, F-35s, um, the AC-130s, such just crazy stuff. But we're going to have to just dig into the stock itself. So digging into it, Lockheed Martin runs off four basic segments. And you, you really want to know this. This is one of the most important things to know about Lockheed. So you got the aeronautics segment. You got the missiles and fire control segment. You got the rotary and mission system segment. And then you got the space system segment. So the company is quite expansive. Um, taking a look, the stock is well diversified. If you really break it down by segment, the aeronautics segment's their largest based on stock price. Uh, 37.90% according to Trefis um, of the stock price is based on their aeronautics segment. And then the bottom three segments all have roughly a 20% share of that stock price according to Trefis Research. So of course, they are well diversified, it seems, when it comes to stock price, which I do like. So one segment can do bad. And for instance, the stock price likely won't get hit um, a crazy amount. But these these segments are all consistently growing, which is impressive to me. And the company is consistently growing. And that is what I like the most. So digging into it in recent news, Lockheed Martin also um, expanded the portfolio and acquired in Integration Innovations Hypersonics portfolio. Um, and according to the CEO, on quote, this expands Lockheed Martin's capabilities to design, develop, and produce integrated hypersonic weapon systems for its customers, which I think is excellent. Um, I think this expands their portfolio once again, and I think it only goes to show um, how much stronger Lockheed Martin is becoming. Now, taking a look and digging into their core segments, we can see that the F-35 program has seen a 32% increase in the budget um, alone since 2015, just the F-35 program. And other notable programs, such as the Terminal High Altitude Defense uh, Area Defense Program and the Blackhawk Program are also picking up steam and they're gaining more and more business, which I do very much like. I like the fact that they're seeing growth in a diversified amount of segments and a multiple, um, a multitude um, uh, of different areas of business, which I do very much like now digging into the numbers and we always dig into the numbers here on running with the money is we have to take a look at these earnings and Q3 earnings just came in and they they did quite well I'm um, taking a look at Q3 earnings Lockheed Martin delivered an EPS of $6.25 per share versus the estimated um, consensus EPS estimate of $6.09. So I really do like that. I like that earnings per share beat. Um, and they consistently beat. They consistently beat on EPS. And that is what I like. And they also, uh, you know, they raised guidance and we're going to get into that. So taking a look at revenues, not only did they beat on EPS, but revenues consider, uh, continued to grow in Q3. They came in at $16.5 billion. That's a 9% year over year gain. Lockheed Martin also reported a strong segment operating profit of $1.8 billion and generated $1.9 billion in cash from operations, both positives. Now, one of the most impressive things about Lockheed Martin, and it continues to be one of their most impressive factors, at least to me, um, when going over their earnings, is their backlog continues to reach record highs. They reported their Q3 backlog level of $150.4 billion 
Um, and that is a record for Lockheed Martin. It's the ninth time in a row that that has hit a record high. Um, so I am impressed with that. And given all the positivity, Lockheed Martin actually raised their dividend rate to $6.260 per share. Um, and that just makes the stock even more attractive from the dividend side of things. So I really do like that. And I think the stock is very much undervalued. And we'll see that when we go over the valuation. Um, so taking a look, management also produced their 2021 outlook for the company, delivering the expectation that 2021 will deliver $67 billion or more in revenues and that operating margin segment operating margin will land between 10.9% and 11.1% by the end of 2021, which I do like. We are seeing improvement, improvement across the board um, at Lockheed Martin, both in earnings and out outlook and i really do like that so now we have to dig into the balance sheet we have to dig into valuation and we have to dig in to how is management executing are they doing well are they returning on their equity and their assets and we're going to dig into that so digging into the balance sheet we see that lockheed martin has 12.675 billion dollars in debt and 45.8 billion dollars in liabilities but that's not a huge worry to me um, from the standpoint that their total assets is $50.773 billion. Their cash and short-term investments are $3.585 billion. So they do have a lot of overhead, which makes sense to produce these um, mil this military weaponry um, and machinery that is extremely complicated and takes quite a long time to manufacture. Now, when it comes to valuation, Lockheed Martin, it's it's not badly priced. You look at their price to earnings, it's roughly 15.8 times. Their price to sales is only 1.6 times. Their price to book, 20.95 times. And their price to cash flow is 12.48 times. And compared to um, many names within the stock market that see consistent earnings growth as Lockheed, not in the aerospace industry, but from an overall outlook, these this valuation is not bad compared to many other names. And honestly, taking a look at Lockheed, they haven't really been hit too hard by the pandemic, which is great. Um, I think that shows their resistance to outside economic factors, and I really do like that. Now, from a standpoint of management execution, the return on equity is roughly 149%, which is excellent. The return on assets, 13.18%. And their return on invested capital is 19%. So management is doing quite a solid job when it comes to their effectiveness and their execution across the board, which I do indeed like. Now, digging into what the analyst and the big money and the technicals all show. And I think that's really one of the most important things you have to look at. Not only do you have to look at the fundamentals of a stock, um, the financials, and here's a quick lesson. What I do when I'm picking a stock is... I look not only for opportunity on the charts, but I also look at the fundamentals. I look at the balance sheet. I look at how is management doing? I look at, are they beating on earnings or are they not beating on earnings? Do they have a pattern of beating or do they have, you know, or, or do they consistently just have mixed results? And these names that I typically go over have a consistent pattern of beating. Also, what I look for is how is the company doing in growth on the revenue side of things? Is revenue consistently increasing or decreasing? Um, their percentage increases in these in their growth factors, are they high? Are they low? Are they diminishing? What is the rate of growth that they are seeing? If that rate of growth is decreasing, I might be a bit more skeptical. Um, but if that rate of growth is increasing or staying at a steady rate, I'm quite positive on the stock. 
Um, also, what I do is not only do I take in all the fundamentals um, of the stock when it comes to valuation, balance sheet, earnings, but I also take in what are the analysts saying? How much big money is invested? How many institutions are invested into the stock? And those two are quite important to me as well. Um, what the analyst expectations do is they give me a consensus. Is the street overall bullish or is the street overall bearish? Because I believe when you're picking a stock, you want to be within the overall consensus of the street. So for instance, if I look at Disney, um, the overall street right now is bullish on Disney. So I'm less comfortable taking a, say, a short or a put position against Disney when a large amount of traders, the street, and the overall consensus is, is that the stock is going to continue to move higher. Because at the end of the day, it's sediment that often moves stocks that last a little bit, if not a majority of the way. That sediment is very important when it comes to a stock. You don't want negative sediment if you're a bull. Never want that. Also, what I like is when I dig into who are the investors, um, is there a lot of institutional holdings? I find that to be very important. And institutional holdings, you know, it's, it's typically a positive if there is more institutional holdings than not. You know, when big money piles in, the big money often doesn't lose. And that's part of the reason, um, you know, my brand is running with the money because I tend to follow where these big investors, where the big money, where the wealthy are investing their money and stocks that have say over a 75 to 80% institutional holding level are typically stocks that are successful. Typically, not always, but typically, um, that's not the reason they own them all the time, but at the same time, you have to take in that, you know, you don't see a BlackRock often losing. They often don't lose. And if BlackRock is in a stock heavily, if they are investing heavily in a name, that is somewhat a positive to your overall decision. It should not determine your investment, but it should be a positive you take in or a negative if you know there's low institutional investment. You should take in somewhat that is a negative or a positive because at the end of the day, more institutional holding is better than little institutional holding. Now, taking a look at the technicals, and these technicals are literally just from yesterday. So taking a look at them, I see that Lockheed Martin is and, is and has been trading sideways for the past few months. Their MACD is within a very tight range, just about level, um, trading within a range roughly as of yesterday of negative 0.70 down to negative 0.76. So that MACD is kind of just fluctuating with not much momentum um, moving sideways. The RSI is a bit high for me. That's at 55. And the CCI is a bit high for me as well at 97. But that is not, you know, an overall negative to me because it shows the stock is still somewhat bullish. The stock has been sideways, but slowly trending upward. Um, so I, I do like the fact that we are not completely oversold in the dumps, um, which is good. You know, when it's oversold and it's a good name, you want to buy. But right now we're trading just about level on all the indicators. Also, Lockheed Martin trades 61 points off its highs. So I like the fact that it's been trading sideways and it seems to be opening up an opportunity for investors to get in on the long run before it makes a next leg up because I think the stock eventually does make that next leg up. 
Um, oh, and rounding back to institutional holdings, um, 74.10% of Lockheed is owned by institutions. Top holders include State Street Global Advisors, the Vanguard Group, and BlackRock Institutional Trust. So overall, my consensus on Lockheed Martin is bullish. I'm bullish on Lockheed Martin. I'm impressed with the stock. I'm impressed with the company. And I think that Lockheed continues to do well in coming years. I think no matter who becomes president, what regime takes power, I think you're going to see quite a bit of spending. Um, I think tensions around the globe are only increasing. Um, it seems we have rising tensions in the Middle East. I mean, just today, one of iran's top leaders i i'd have to confirm who was just assassinated um tensions seem to be rising in the middle east so when you really break that down that is top iranian nuclear scientist assassinated so my point here is not nothing about iran what it's about is tensions seem to be rising across the globe and when tensions rise military spending typically goes up um simple, that's simply how the country works and with a I would say um, what is likely to be a gridlocked government, I highly doubt that our high military spending output is going to decline over the next few years. That is just my opinion, but I don't believe it will decline. So overall, I am bullish on Lockheed Martin. I am bullish on the overall outlook. I think you can buy Lockheed mid and long term on that thesis short term you're going to see some fluctuation you're going to see sideways action but in the long term i think it moves higher i think a break above 400 bucks a share once again is imminent and eventually it will stay above 400 bucks per share it is just a matter of time in my opinion now we have to dig in to the e-commerce plays we have to dig into these big retail plays um that i think we should touch on going into the holidays the holiday season it's black friday and at the end of the day people are going to be buying stuff like crazy throughout the next several weeks and of course we have to talk about and we have to capitalize on that opportunity and who do i believe is going to do well in this major e-commerce boom that we see throughout the holiday holidays i believe you are going to see names such as amazon walmart target nike costco um all do pretty well other names and secondary e-commerce names i think will likely also do well are shopify and alibaba i continue to like all the names i just listed and here's why amazon is going to capitalize on that online black friday deals play they always do and i think throughout the whole holidays and what we're seeing is a lot of these companies have all shifted online we've seen a huge shift out of walmart and target to the online zones we've seen costco shift to online big time shopify and alibaba are pretty much all online we have seen nike have a huge online presence that is only building and they're consistently declining in their actual in-person retail and I think we're going to see a much bigger shift to online during this pandemic, and we're already seeing it today, um, simply because of the pandemic. And I think that is here to stay. I think the online shopping boom is here to stay. I think that big retail and e-commerce is here to stay, and I don't think e-commerce is going anywhere. I think it only grows. So Amazon, Walmart, Target, Nike, Costco, Shopify, and Alibaba are all names I would pick up if I am bullish, and I am bullish, on the holiday season shopping and into 2021 um names that i would buy now and hold through 2021 include pretty much all of those amazon walmart target nike costco shopify and alibaba i'd hold them all through 2021 and here's why they're all going to do well um in the coming years because they are all capitalizing on the online retail shift every single one of them 
And I think online retail is only going to grow. And I think we're only going to see a continued boom in online shopping versus in-person shopping. And I think those are names that will all capitalize big time on that opportunity. Now, we have to shift in to some of the names I am liking on my watch list. I did drop a lot watch list on Twitter just last night. Go check it out at Lucanay on Twitter. But there are a ton of names that I think are great. And overall, the market's so green right now. It's hard to give you recommendations to just go out and willy-nilly buy stuff without telling you to scale in because there could be a possible pullback. For instance, Starbucks is at $98.66 per share. I think that is slightly unjustified, and I think you pick that up if it falls back to 90, but 98 is personally too high in my opinion. Apple, I like it. Costco, I like it. Apple, I'm not sure why Apple's acting the way it is. Um, you know, I think it is somewhat the stock has run so far this year, we might see flat action until next year. But I think Apple at 116 a share and consolidating plenty of shares in between, I would say 114 to 120 is a solid game plan because I think the stock moves higher, much higher in 2021. Um, Costco, I think you can buy it here at 388 that has gone on a huge run this year, but I think you can still buy it. It's a great company. This is continued growth, and indeed, I like it. Salesforce, it's down to 247. They have earnings on December 1st, Tuesday of next week. I really do like um, Salesforce, I think they're going to continue to grow. Whether they actually acquire Slack or not, I I somewhat doubt it. It would be great for Salesforce, but the article I read on it, the article that broke the story, it was all in past tense. It said they held talks, not are holding talks. Um, so that leads me to believe that you know they just didn't come to a deal. It didn't come to fruition, and it's not going to happen. Uh, other names I'm liking square that's up to 212. If that pulls back to say 200, I think you buy some more of that. I think square is an excellent name. We released a breakdown on a few weeks back. Um, you can go check that out on the website, Amazon. I still like it. It's anything under 3,200. I like Amazon at Nvidia. I like it at 530. Um, and I do think they're eventually going to get that arm acquisition completed. Penn National. I like Penn. I like Penn in um, DraftKings. I like those two stocks because we are going in to a digital economy. We're going in to a digital world. And I think this mobile sports betting that both companies are trying to capitalize on um, is going to just blow up. And with sports coming back now and eventually next year to them being back consistently, I think both companies are going to see much bigger growth within that space. Um, also, I just saw an article, I read an article a few days ago, I actually shared it on my Twitter, that Canada is now considering legalizing completely um, online mobile sports betting, which I like. That is going to be huge for DraftKings and Penn and many other players within the space. So I think you nibble on those two names. Um, more importantly, DraftKings over Penn. Penn is my second position next to DraftKings. Some ETF action. We're going to get in on that. The ARC ETFs, I highly recommend. They capitalize on technology excellently, and I think they position you in the long term to gain um, a huge amount of profits and a huge amount of growth on this digital boom. Um, let's see here. Berkshire. Berkshire. Berkshire Hathaway, class B shares. I do like. They're currently at 231. Disclaimer, I do hold those in a portfolio I manage, but I very much do like that long term and i think it's a 250 dollars stock easily it's at 230 that's 20 points lockheed martin of course we just went over i think it's a buy spg i think you can nibble on it if you are bullish on the markets coming out of coming into 2021 um 
Let's see here. CRWD, an excellent name, only up 87 cents today. It's over 150. I think you can nibble on it at 150. Teladoc at 196. It's up five today. Maybe if we get, say, a Monday or Tuesday pullback to 190, I think you pick some of that up. CMG, I do like. Chegg, I like. Even though we're not going to be at the pandemic, I think Chegg is going to do excellent. Um, and I think you pick some Chegg up here. Getting into some other names, PayPal, another fintech name. I like it. Shopify, I like it. Um, eBay, it that's a tough call. Chewy, I like it. DocuSign is not going anywhere in 2021. I like it. Ring Central, Zoom, Adobe, all favorites of mine. I think you can nibble on those. I think coming out of the pandemic, those names are not going anywhere. Bristol Myers is an excellent biotech stock if you want to get in on pharma. Disney. I like it coming out of the pandemic. I think it continues to move higher. It's down two points today. I think you can start the nibble on it. General Electric at 1040 per share. I like General Electric long-term. That's definitely a long-term play, but I do like it. I think it continues to move higher. I think it's a $12 stock. Google, I like it. I think it's one of the more undervalued FANG stocks, and I think you can nibble on some Google here. Goldman Sachs, I would stay away from the financials. Um, not the digital financials, uh, not the not the fintech stocks, more the banks. I would stay away from the banks. I don't like the banks right now, um, and many don't on the street. I think the banks are still going to have a tough time over the next few years. UPS down a dollar sixty today. That stock's been slowly moving to the upside ever since we called it. It's at currently at one sixty eight. I hopped out of it at one seventy, took a roughly twenty percent profit on my options gains, but I still continue to like it. I like UPS long term. Another name I like long term, Take Two. An excellent stock is now at one seventy six. We called it at one sixty. I believe actually we called it lesser than one sixty. I think we called it at one fifty eight. But Take Two is an excellent stock. I still think you can nibble at 176. They have a five-year pipeline that is excellent and I think continues to roar. And that is going to be it for today. By the way, anyone seeing Tesla touched almost 600 today? Craziness. Either way, thank you all for listening to the Running With The Money podcast. This was another successful episode. If you have any questions, hit me up on Twitter at Luke Donay. Check out our website, runningwiththemoney.com. Follow me and my team at Running With The Money on Instagram and Facebook. And I will see you Monday for another filled episode of education, information, and of course, stock market news. Thank you all for listening. I will see you Monday. Eat, sleep, profit, and trade on.